Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. There's a history throughout my life of intermittent failures, which ultimately, if you let them be failures and you let them fester as that, then obviously it's going to work against you. But if you try and turn it back the other way and view it as feedback that can you be used to make you better, that would be ultimately the main thing that I've tried to do. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Dan Newton. Dan is the CEO of Parkour UK, the national governing body for parkour and free running. Parkour UK aims to support and develop parkour and free running in the UK and to make the benefits of the sport accessible to any and all who want to learn. Dan works closely with the board of Parkour UK as well as partners and stakeholders. His goal is to enable that parkour... Oh God, come on Amy. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host Amy Stevenson and today I'm joined by Dan Newton. Dan is the CEO of Parkour UK, the national governing body for parkour and free running. Dan works closely with the board of Parkour UK, the wider parkour community, as well as partners and stakeholders to develop a strategy, build on solid governance and enable parkour to drive growth and sustainability. Dan joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thanks for joining us today, Dan. It's great to have you with us. Absolutely. I'm uh, delighted to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant. So can you tell us a little bit about Parkour UK and what's going on at the moment? I can, yes. So Parkour UK is a national governing body of sports. So mm-hmm. in the same way that the Football Association and the English Cricket Board and the uh, the LTA uh, in tennis exist, we, uh, we exist in parkour to support our community uh, to, uh, to to ultimately govern the sport, but I suppose more importantly to help them influence the the agendas that they uh, that are most important to them for uh, for them to help uh, get more people participating and just generally grow as businesses. Fantastic! And so, as the leader of that type of organisation, what kind of challenges are you up against at the moment? So, I think the the, the biggest one naturally is is what emerges out of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. So. The Sports England have just released their new 10-year strategy and what they've done quite succinctly and well is uh, identify the fact that recover and reinvent is the most immediate uh, challenge that we're all facing uh, and, and obviously one that we need to, uh, we need to address quite severely. Mm-hmm. I think the second one is probably one that's based around the the working in collaboration and in partnership with other organisations. Sport is a sector that traditionally is, uh, I think if you were to design uh, it now and you were to set it up today, you probably wouldn't set it up in the way that it's being set up. There's a there's a quite a mishmash and a um, and a broad range of organisations that interact with one another, and I think the the opportunity more than the challenge mm. is that we can all work together better in the future to uh, to make sure that we're uh, yeah we 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 we're providing providing for the uh, the participants and the uh, the partners that want to want to work with us the best that we possibly can. Fantastic. And so you've been chief exec there for coming up two years now. So I I've been in this role uh, since 
July last year, uh, I did a period of, uh, of of a secondment slash kind of interim role before that. So that backdated about nine months. So yeah, it's 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 getting up towards two years that I've been thinking about parkour, uh, yeah, and ultimately yeah. that's the foundation uh, that I've used to to kind of do the role. But uh, but yeah. Fantastic. And did you always have your sights on a chief exec role? Was it quite a, you know, were you going for, for the top of the ladder, for want of a, a better phrase, or was it an organic process to go into leadership? I've, I've always had the ambition to lead. No no question about that. Okay. I suppose my, my way back when in school, I would say my, uh, I came, I probably found myself mostly on a sports pitch and I wasn't particularly academic. Uh, I didn't uh, thrive as I might have done in, uh, in the more traditional subjects Uh, and, and certainly PE and sports and, uh, and those types of things was where I really got excited. And I suppose that's when I started to properly focus and, and ultimately want to improve uh, my career, I think, has been quite varied in the sports world. So mm-hmm. not varied outside of sport, but certainly yeah. in the sports world. So I, I did a variety of different uh, courses at A-level GCSE, uh, HND, and then a degree, which ultimately gave me a foundation to come into sports development. Okay. I worked in what was called active partnerships, or sorry, what was called county sports partnerships, which is now an active partnership. But ultimately, they they're organisations that take responsibility for uh, at a kind of a strategic level for sport in a in a county. And I right. worked in the South Yorkshire one for a while, and then I worked in the Derbyshire one. Um, then I moved into a governing body uh, into the participation director role. So. Ultimately, it was trying to grow a nationwide participation program in sport. Yeah. Uh, and my yeah, my step through there has obviously been into parkour to to lead the organisation here. Uh, def- definitely ambitious to try and yeah. uh, get to the point where I was in this role. And yeah, there was a bit of a, a bumpy ride. There were some failures along the way in terms of trying to get here. But yeah, yeah. absolutely, uh, that's been uh, yeah, that's been where we are really. So. Fantastic. So uh, how do you define a great leader then, Dan? Are the characteristics that you think are, are common denominators across leaders or do you think it's case by case? I think, I think there's def- definitely common denominators. I think probably the, the central bit is around authenticity and being yourself and making yeah. sure that you, yeah, it's really hard to try and do something in a, in a, in a half-hearted way. So yeah. Uh, or half art is probably not the right term, but y- you ultimately bring your whole whole self to do something. And I think yeah. if you uh, if there are other things going on in other parts of your life, you have to be open to that, and you have to kind of uh, put put that in a context for people to make sure that they're they're aware and and they kind of know what's what's going on. But but definitely yeah. being yourself and and authentic and trying to uh, if you don't understand something seek more information if you if you think more time is required give an honest account as to why you think it's the case and and go from there and I think that's there's obviously lots of books and and I don't know workshops and that type of things that you can do which give you formulas which are all very helpful Mm. uh, and certainly need to be applied at the right time but I think 
the honesty and the authenticity around judging a situation at the time. Yeah. I think probably a second point is either being persistent or tenacious. And I think it's a case of there is a lot of things that pass across the desk and there are a lot of uh, quite a varied uh, amount of tasks that you you kind of have to work through. And I yeah. think being continually on it is really difficult and, uh-huh. and it's not it's not feasible to, to ultimately be switched on and at your 100% maximum all of the time. But I think uh-huh. making sure that you return and you kind of keep going with things is is a is a really yeah is is a trait that i don't think you can uh, you can underestimate really mm-hmm. yeah okay i would agree and and in terms of a piece of advice or an experience that maybe that you've had in the past is there one that you can pinpoint that shaped your leadership style i think probably the biggest one is based around the size of of network that you have and the uh, ultimately the quality of the the relationships that you have within that network so i think yeah. Like I say, I've I've been fortunate enough to work in sport for a long time now, and mm-hmm. over the course of my career, I've built up quite uh, I would say strong bonds with people that I've done different yeah. roles with. And ultimately, if you build yourself a peer network that you grow with, there's a level mm-hmm. of uh, there's a level of confidence and honesty that you can have with that group that you can yeah. ultimately you can ultimately learn from one another. And mm-hmm. the reality is that somebody else who somebody else has probably solved the problem that you're trying to solve and you can ultimately albeit every every problem's probably slightly different and Mm -hmm. there are nuances across the board but there is an element of speaking to speaking it through with another person that ultimately kind of gets you uh uh, gets you to, to to kind of understand and know that really yeah. I think I think within it there is one of the analogies that I've always related to is this kind of emotional bank account point, which is the fact that you consistently you you can either debit or you can you can either put money in or you can put t- take money out, and that's the same, I suppose, from a relationship point of view with with any person. Yeah, you yeah. can if you consistently are late to things or not taking something serious or not working in another person's interest, that person's probably not going to be there over the course of your life and the course of your career. Whereas I think if you consistently, you are, uh, you explain reasons why things are happening, you offer support at the times when it's available, you give insights when something's happened to you and you've learned from it it's that kind of you build that up over a long period of time and uh, I I like to try and be quite personable if I'm working with someone I'll I'll try and remember the kids names I'll know the football team that they support I'll I'll work through a series of uh, kind of bits that enable us to to feel we're with one another and that kind of you, you you build it from there and that like I say, over time, that gets you to a point where uh, where you yeah it, it's it's self-explanatory really in terms of how that's helpful. So yeah, yeah. So to summarise, I think it's those it's those relationships. It's mm-hmm. that it's like that network of people that you fall back on when you don't know what to do. Uh, like I say, invariably the the problems 
the problems that you're trying to solve, somebody else has already solved. And to some extent, we're all making it up as we go along anyway, aren't we, really? So I think no you've, got to, uh, you've got to, uh, we've got to take that as read, really. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm going to pinch the emotional bank account analogy, Dan, if you don't mind. I'm going to take that one and use it. It's, uh, it's not mine. It's a Stephen Covey thing. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely the... Uh, yeah, over over time, you you kind of build that up. But there's yeah. a number of different mentors and kind of uh, coaches that I've had that have yeah probably um, given examples of why that's really important. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, indebted to them. Really, it's definitely not something I've uh, I've come up with. So. Yeah, well, it's a good one. It's a good one. And so, Thank is you. that the advice that you would offer to someone that was looking to follow in your footsteps? Was there? Oh, de- definitely. I think so. Uh, I mean. It, we, one of the one of the programs we're running at Parkour UK at the moment is a development associates program, which is about trying to give people experiences in lifestyle sports and yeah. build up a bank of experiences that will ultimately help them in the long term in their careers. We're not in a position to employ huge numbers of people, uh, mm-hmm. so we are light on capacity, and it's a route that we're trying to take to to enable to ultimately give us more capacity so we can do more stuff, yeah. but equally buy into people and pay forward in terms of making sure that the next generation of people that are coming into sport are are kind of developing that wide range. And the biggest thing that I would want from that is that there's a network of people. There's a, we've had 15 to 20 people now on the program and over a couple, next couple of years, hopefully we can keep that, keep building that up. And what that will do is that group of people will have a network of, uh, of folks that they rely on and that they, ring up when they don't know what to do and uh, uh, and all that type of stuff. I think I think probably the second thing is about it's the art of getting back up and trying again. And yeah. it's never – there's one of the images that I've always uh, kind of uh, used an example of, of kind of how it doesn't happen is that, is that there's, a, there's an image where there's a, a, a dot that's A and then a dot that's B and, and a straight line from A to B and then – with that being the, the point about how it should happen and then how it actually happens being A to B, but kind of a big zigzaggy line that's that's in a bit of a mishmash and ultimately, eventually it might end up where you go, but equally it might might be something that's slightly different. You have to learn and you have to understand that in order to get where you want to go, it's not going to be straightforward. There's lots yeah. of times where you're going to get told either no or you're going to get some disappointing news or you're going to have to re uh, reframe what you're trying to do and you shouldn't let that put you off you should yeah. you should try and try and stay true to your values and try and stay true to what your core beliefs are but ultimately push yourself forward to make it go one of the things i'm really i try to be open about is this whole art of this notion of failure and the fact that failure is just learning isn't it it's it's a sense of if you look at the reasons why something didn't happen, you need to be able to take things from that in order to make it better and to try and achieve. And in trying to get to this stage, there were there were a, a number of interviews that I went through that, that that kind of ended in failure, ended in a no, but ultimately I wouldn't have been able to get to this point unless I'd have taken all of the learnings from those and I failed lots of driving tests, and like I say, there's there's a there's a history throughout my life of uh, 
intermittent failures, which ultimately, uh, if you let them be failures and you let them fester as that, then obviously it's going to work against you. But if you if you try and turn it back the other way and uh, view it as feedback that can you be used to make you better, yeah. um, I think that's my that would be ultimately the main the main thing that I've uh, I've tried to do. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. I'm sure there's a parkour analogy in there somewhere as well. The game back up. Oh, 100% parkour is um, is about personal development. It's a non-competitive uh, uh, kind of discipline, as it were. And there is there are lots of uh, very very impressive parkour teams that are jumping huge distances at great height, and it looks incredible from an entertainment point of view or from a, uh, yeah, from kind of something to look at. Yeah. There are, the journey starts much before that though. Mm -hmm. So there is people, there are people that learn to do things over quite short distances and on the ground. Uh, And obviously they try very basic movements and and nail those basic movements in order to then be able to do the next one. And that's, it's progress over time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about trying to... uh, yeah, there's, there's some main movements which ultimately, when you learn, you then you have the freedom to take those how you want. And I think that's the, it's the discipline and the freedom that I think is the main thing that we believe is an attraction that can, yeah. can be, yeah, you like, yeah, it can kind of go much further than, uh, than, it, than it's gone at the moment, really. So. Yeah, absolutely. And is there a leader that you've particularly admired, past or present, that you would, you'd want to talk about? If you look at the, public domain so you look at the, the the world there are very many people who have uh, told incredible stories and, and and brought to life the reasons why something has happened for them and and yeah. in their circumstances at that time in the in the context that they were working it was a set it was a success and I've I'm a big I do love reading and I've read many uh, books from sporting people to media people to business people, which ultimately have lots of those different things within them. Um, and I mean, Obama's pretty impressive. Uh, you 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 look. Uh, there's many there's many people in sports who have ultimately uh, held their heads up high, and and obviously it kind of they've, they've told some brilliant stories that kind of lead you to to, to think of that. I think for me personally, uh, I've taken something from everybody that's offered me a job uh, and everybody that I've reported to and ultimately the leaders that I've worked for, Mm -hmm. I've respected some, uh, I think the way I would reflect now is that some, uh, obviously hindsight's a wonderful thing and I didn't know it at the time, but there are some things that you probably take and some things that you probably leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, like I say, nobody's perfect, and it's it's never as good as it is. It's, it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad as you think it is. It's kind of it's always somewhere in the middle. So, uh, so yeah, there's a it's probably there's a guy called Chris Brindley who works in sports. Uh, Chris has a, uh, a quite impressive business background within the banking world, and what he's doing at the moment in sport is is obviously trying to transfer some of those learnings and and obviously share those within the sports world and uh chris has been very generous to me over a long time to 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 try and help me on my way and offer me different pointers at different times and uh yeah for me he's a he's a big uh yeah he's a big 
uh, yeah, big role model for me and, uh, and somebody that uh, I think is, uh, is doing things the right way uh, and has been particularly impressive. He's, at the moment, he's chair of the Rugby League World Cup, which is an event that's coming to, to this country uh, later on this year. His uh, number of other non-exec roles and such and such, but uh, yeah, it's like I say, it's uh, it's almost yeah. Many of the things that I've already said, and the and many of the things that uh, I think I uh, I believe and, and, and are underpinned, then mm. they're ultimately things that I've uh, I've been in conversation with him about. Really, so. fantastic, brilliant. And so, what's next over the next six to twelve months for Parco UK? So. I think go back to that second question a little bit, really. The recover and reinvent thing is a really yeah. big thing. So uh, what we're trying to... Parkour is set up in the both the unstructured community and the structured community. So the structured community is a world that looks like many other sports. So in the sense that we run qualifications, we mm-hmm. provide membership and insurance, and ultimately to deliver sessions and classes, the, the people... Uh, that run those companies have rely on a governing element of Parkour UK and it's maintaining that and making that better for them. Yeah. Within the unstructured world, I think we're, we're on an insight gathering piece at the moment. It's about trying to understand what the brands and the teams and all of those, uh, the people that operate in that space need and obviously then finding a way in which we can support them. Uh, and we can bring we can bring to life the uh, yeah the plans that ultimately make their life uh, make their life easier and that obviously yeah. they they then value a governing body as much as uh, as much as the structured community do. I think the the add on there is probably the fact that parkour is a lifestyle sport in yeah. and, and it aligns quite a lot with skateboarding and snow sport and surfing. Mm-hmm. And the freedom and that type of stuff that you would expect yeah. is um, it doesn't really want to be governed, and it's not really craving. It's not really craving um, articles and policies and all those types of things in order to be able to flourish. And particularly uh, the unstructured community, that's it's not something that they particularly want. But that said, I do think there are things services that we can provide that will make their lives easier and ultimately that's what's at the end of the uh, uh, end of the road for us so uh, so yeah so probably understand improving our services to both of those I think is is what's really critical mm-hmm. uh, from a funding point of view we're we, we're reliant mostly at the moment on a grant that we get from Sports England which mm-hmm. is something that we want to try and change uh, we we want to continue to to serve the uh, the type of work that we do for Sports England, and that ultimately they they've bought into us because they believe in what we're doing. So yeah. we want to try and maintain that funding, and there's a there's a process that runs over the next few months, which will ultimately mean that uh, hopefully we're like I say we're in, we put ourselves in a good position to to secure more money to do that type of work, but also we. We're wanting to. We're a UK-wide body, so it's it's the same relationships that we're trying to build with Sport Wales and Sport Scotland and Sport Northern Ireland. Uh, but the, equally, I think there's lots of uh, areas in the open market and the services that we can develop, which mean that we're not we're generating our own money. I mean, financial sustainability has been a, a real challenge in sport for a number of years, in the sense that the um, 
there is a big grant element of the stuff that comes from meeting the government outcomes and, and the governing element that people do for sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we what we want to try and do is, is obviously generate more of our own income uh, so we can then be the... Uh, yeah, we can then be the determinant more of what we do and, and, and ultimately how we do it. So, uh, so yeah, but it's really exciting time. Uh, like I say, we've got a number of programmes and a number of projects that are going on which will ultimately um, help Parkour uh, and Parkour UK obviously forge, forge together and, uh, and, and, and grow, yeah, like I say, build the governing body and grow the sport, really, because, really? yeah, that's at yeah. the centre, really, so... Perfect. And if somebody wants to get involved or wants to you know, find out a bit more, where do they go? How can they find you? Yeah, so Instagram uh, is uh, just like I say, Parkour UK. Uh, we, our website is www.parkour.uk. And uh, what I suppose we're trying to do is, is provide people with the route that they can take to participate. So we put people in contact with the parkour practitioners and the companies that are up and down the country in terms of wanting to have a go but equally we're wanting to to help that community and help that uh, those organizations become bigger and better and like i say fulfill their goals Um, from a from a getting involved perspective like i say the development associates program that we run is uh, is one that's that's open uh, and and we will do further rounds in the future we've got a cohort of 16 at the moment who are a range of sports development professionals, parkour practitioners, and uh, actually Sheffield Hallam University students. So we've kind of got a we've got a broad range of people involved at the moment. And I think if somebody's wanting to understand what it's like to work in sports, understand lifestyle sport, which I think is yeah. different to traditional sports, uh, we would be very keen to uh, to work with them and to to help. Like I say, to look at whether that opportunity is the right one for them. So. Uh, I mean, my email address is dan.newton at parkour.uk. Uh, and if anything, uh, yeah, if anybody's interested in that, be, it would be great to hear from them, really. So, Brilliant. Okay. We'll spread the word. We'll spread the word. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. It's been really good speaking with you. I've enjoyed it. No, thank you. And, and like I say, I think what we're, uh, I think the work that you're doing is really important because obviously uh, the, the lessons that we can try and uh, ultimately pass on and, and the, the learnings and the insights that we've picked up uh, it's only important or it's only valuable and valid if uh, if they're passed on to yeah. and kind of shared with other people because um yeah the the problems that we're solving today are because people in the past have solved similar things or or kind of uh, done some learning which has kind of got us to the point that we're at at the moment so uh yeah, I think it's really important work and well done to, to you for doing it, really. So, uh, so yeah. Part of it. No, no, not at all. Well, have a, have a brilliant day. Uh, and uh, I, uh, yeah, look forward to the next time, really. So thank you. <laughs>